0: Well, hello, 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 my perverted little pumpkins. Yours truly here, ready to save the day yet again. Is perhaps somebody shitting nude? No, I haven't lost it yet. There's a reason why I said that. Stay with me and you will find out. Now, in last week's episode, we had a little Mempreg appreciation moment, if you will. Today, we are jumping to the complete opposite end of the rope. Or as we say in my native language, we're gonna go di palo in frasca and we're gonna talk office life and how our expectations about it have been completely shattered by webtoons. And here I am again, tongue-twisting once more with feeling. Not that I have an office life to talk about, bear in mind, but I do imagine some of you can relate. So I do it just for you guys, just for you. You're welcome. Oh yeah, right, before I forget, disclaimer. This content is intended for mature audiences only. It can contain sexual references, strong language, and mention of violence. Listener discretion, as per usual, is advised. Now, without further ado, for your year's delight only, D&B season 1, episode 5, from honor off to a man of virtue, aka how our ha <laughs> ha how our expectations on office life were completely shattered. Because seriously, Now seriously, guy, I am asking you, who has a crazy, passionate sex moment with the stunning CEO in the meeting room? Tell me. That's right. No. Fucking. One. Reality check. And now... The best musical moment after Coachella. In 3, 2, 1. The jingle, you guys. And this is the moment where the jingle should be. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Oh, this jingle! It's amazing! Best thing in the world! And I cannot sing to save my life, so three, two, one! (sighs) Music labels? I'm waiting for you. When am I recording my first album? Seriously, all this talent? why are you waiting for? Putting my megalomaniac delirious aside, Let's put ourselves in prayer position and let's take a moment of silence to worship the one and only office god Kang Daeung. Yes, we need to do that before getting into the actual stuff because we have to. We're talking office Romans life here. We have to. Now, blessed be his socks garter, for they would make a desert wet. And if not the desert, at least we know he does completely succeed with Mr. An. But I'm getting way too far ahead. Let's dry out whatever we have to dry out and crack on. The place, as per usual, South Korea. A delightful squad of college students' geniuses led by none other than Han Young has the opportunity of their lives. Or present the game they designed and developed to a big company in order to get scouted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Except that Mr. Han's presentation becomes an utter disaster and their stream... Dream? Why was I saying stream? What stream? My stream of consciousness. This one that's going to utter shit i was saying their dream seems shattered for ever so what to do in order to save the day hmm, let's think about it well obviously trade sexual favors with none other than the director himself mr Da Jung, who seems utterly in distaste for this kind of intercourses but you know it my friends, destiny in the Webton universe is no joke indeed, and not only Mr. Han's will succeed in thus snatching the contract, but this will also be the beginning of a blossoming romance that hopefully will last for a thousand years. And the petals are falling. The end. Carton falls. Now where to begin? <laughs> oh yeah, I know exactly where. Kang Dayun socks garters. Now, I'm not gonna name names, you guys, but back in my high school days, I used to know a boy who wore them all the time. And let me tell you, I was traumatized for years. But boy, how wrong I was. It's not about the garters, it's about who wears them. And let me tell you, Director Kang is a vision. Now imagine Greek god, but make it cricket match. You get what I mean. No wonder why Mr. Ram fell in love with him at first sight. The director is basically the shell of all our daddy issues slash beauty obsession combined. Now I'll just shut the fuck up before I completely derail. Now as you could hear moments ago, the plot is the typical plot of an office romance with the dominant role taken by the older character of course, the director, yeah, been there done that. So you would be very much entitled to ask me then why are you even talking about it? Choose something more interesting for us? Hold your horses and let me explain. What in this case is extremely fascinating, at least to me, is not the story in itself but the immense humanity each and every character was given. What I mean is, sometimes with fictional works we do find characters, and particularly we're talking about the main ones, that are completely, and I say completely, detached from reality, whether they be with no faults or flaws uh, on their characters, so like perfect, they they are like, they're basically like a gift from god, or evil to the end of their core with no possibility of redemption. And bear in mind I'm not saying that this doesn't make a story a great one. What I'm saying is that in this case we aren't able to completely relate or connect in a way with a character and sometimes it gets really annoying. At least I'm saying for me, maybe for you it's a different one, but for me it is extremely annoying. Let's take for example another work, Under the Oak Tree. It's a new one. And not a BL, but an amazing combination of of story and artwork nonetheless. But alas, the female main character is structured in a way uh, where I imagine none of us or only a few of us can find something in common. And in... What have I just said? In common. In common. I I wanted to say in common. And yeah, in some scenes, it gets extremely, extremely annoying. If you read it, you will know. Trust me. However, if you have the occasion, give it a go because it gets better with time. It is getting so much better compared to the first chapters and it is getting an interesting twist, so I am very curious to see where we're going with that. Back on the track, in honor of even a character that could be perceived as a perfect one, has their own flaws. Let's take for example Kang da young He's the director of a company, an educated, handsome man, yet, with his first encounter with Mr. An, uh, as he likes to call him, of course, <laughs> he acts like a complete jerk because he only relies on stereotypes and first impressions and that's something you definitely wouldn't expect from a person of that caliber and culture as well because I mean he always did like top schools, top studies, It should be like <laughs> yes but no, he's a complete jerk on that side. And then you have Mr. An on the other hand and he's hard-working and caring as you can find them honestly but he's way too much of a sucker for looks yeah and a bit of a victim of his own emotions sometimes way too much and yeah but do we love them less because of that absolutely not guys on the contrary we can relate to them and we have we all have our flaws i for one have way too many for this small body i possess but this makes us grow affectionate towards them and the story they're living be it a simple office romance or something more epic like a take a lord of the rings kind of adventure Leaving the characters aside for a second, did I mention the art style of already? Because if I did, I'm gonna do it once more because it's one of my personal favourites. Now, from a personal point of view, I particularly appreciate the use of bold colours and the cleanliness of the lining. I find it, for some reason, very suitable for this work and also very calming. I don't know how to explain this, but yeah, I find it very very calming. And best lining of them all? Director Kang's eyebrows. Literal eyebrow goals, you guys. If I could have those eyebrows? I mean, my life would be complete, honestly. Now, before moving to slightly kinkier shores, I just want to take a second to appreciate the secondary characters, who are the most supportive friends somebody could desire. And of course, of course, can we miss out on the sex intercourse scene between Mr. Run and the director? I don't think so, you guys. Woo! It's getting hot in here! Kudos to the director, first of all, for accepting his bisexuality right off the bat, and also for being an excellent lover. Let me tell you, not only his technique is mind-blowing, the aftercare of his partner is perfection. A round of applause, Director Kang. Thank you so much. Now, before this podcast becomes a pornographic radio program, let's cool down the sweat and get into A Man of Virtue, where nothing is as it seems, and we take sexual fantasies to the next level. Drum rolls. Let's start. A man of virtue is the story of Ma Sang Tai and Nam Jinwoo and their sexual frustration between one another. Always been in competition since their school days, they suddenly find each other involved in a let's say torbid sexual affair after Jinwoo starts having hardcore sexual fantasies that feel a bit way too real about his sworn enemy. Yes. And we're talking dirty, shameless, vivid sexual fantasies here. On top of that. What could be the solution to stop all of this to happen on a way too frequently basis? That's right, my little pumpkins, enact all of that in real life with none other than the same- with the same ha, ha 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 with none other than the one and only Tai, who seems to be despised by Jinwoo more than anybody else. So, will this be the beginning of a love story? That will melt our hearts, or will everything just remain a mere way to satisfy their lustful instincts? Well, every time I see Jim Woo having a sexual fantasy during office hours cracks me up so much. But not just not because I enjoy seeing the poor guy suffering, but because I don't get how no one can smell the hormones filling the air. I just needed to put this out there, you guys. So, as you can hear straight right off the bat, with a man of virtue we have yet another traditional office setting, but with a little twist. Not because of Jinwoo's sexual fantasies, by no means, that's pretty standard in this kind of setting. But, you see, it's not simple lust that drives him that way. Our Jinwoo here, he, he seems to have found a talisman of some sort that makes him think about Sang Tide so lustfully. Um, Yeah. And, apparently, they have to find, like, the counterpart of that talisman. And, in order to do that, they will have to overcome their differences and work together. Which... Will not be easy, so yeah, Jim was dick will have a proper rest another day. And maybe, just maybe, uh, the fact that Tai has always been secretly in love with him for a long, long time will help them solve the case a bit earlier than expected. That is just my thought, guys. You will get your conclusions there. Perhaps I shouldn't have said that, yeah, but well, the damage has already been done, so that's what you get. And alas! There not much more to add. If not, do give it a try, you're not gonna regret it. I personally fell in love at first sight with Santai and that's why I started reading this comic in the first place. Maybe at the beginning it was because of his big blue eyes but later on it was for his infinite support and tenderness towards his partner. As for what concerns Jinwoo here, he still has a long way to go to get a place in my heart but the boy's getting better and better, and he's developing by the day, as any great character should, so we'll see. Now, I always tell myself I should not get too invested in the story, but I can't help it. If the authors are delivering the good goods, that's what they get. Now, before we wrap this up, I wanted to quickly mention a BL Office romance that is a tad bit unconventional, in my opinion, but definitely worth a shot, and that will be Anti-PT, And I hope I did pronounce that right, but hi, Howlid. Hi, ha, ha, ha. I highly doubt that. (laughs) And now, anti-PT follows the events of Param, a closeted gay who always tried to have a successful office life, and, hui, a personal trainer that starts working at the gym that's, apparently, why did I say apparently? That is located in the same building as Param's office. They will meet under very particular circumstances, and let me tell you, it's gonna be Fireworks. Personally, it's one of my favorites of the moment. It is very light-hearted and yet extremely relatable for what concerns human relationships. Give it a try, you won't regret it, I'm telling you guys. It is very very good. So, before you all fall asleep on your phone, in conclusion, as per usual, were our office life expectations completely shattered because of these BL weptons? Of course they were! Come on! When will it ever happen that you find the job of your dreams, that in that same job you will find a boss or a colleague that not only is extremely handsome, or beautiful, but also carrying a sex bomb and extremely head over heels for you? And on top of that, willing to fuck you on command in the meeting room every time you want the D? That's right, it's never gonna happen! Mm Mm-hmm. Just like, no, it's not gonna happen! Now, don't get me wrong, if that was your case, good on you, good on you. I'd never say no to a good office romance moment. But just to let you know, I'm just putting it there, just to let you know, uh, all the ones that I've been told about were pretty sad and ended up in tears and redundancies. And let me tell you, in this time of the year, the redundancies are no good. No, 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 no. So yeah, keep reading about it, but get that D somewhere else. And with this vulgar statement, my friends, we are marking the ending of episode 5 of DMB. I hope that you did enjoy my company and the ping pong my brain did with the plots and the characters for this episode, you should know me by now, I'm not the master of organization, but do I deliver? Every fucking time. So make sure to take care of yourselves, stay hydrated and don't catch a cold like yours truly, master of the idiots here. Always remember that I do love and appreciate you, you guys. Go out in the world and spread the word of BL Office romance, and I will see you next Wednesday with a special episode. I hope you are ready, because I am not. And P.S. Do you remember the initial shitting nude part? That happens when Santai and Jin will have sex in a public toilet and they leave their clothes outside. Don't do that, you guys. If you're fucking in a public toilet, get your clothes in with you. You're welcome. Bye.